Rilazol trial data suggesting a survival benefit two to three months could be as long as six to 19 months based on real-world data. AMX35 results from Centaur are extremely promising and clinically meaningful. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Connecting ALS. I am your host, Jeremy Holden. On September 7th, the FDA's Peripheral and Central Nervous System Drugs Advisory Committee voted 7-2 to recommend approval of AMX35 for the treatment of ALS. Several members of the committee, which voted in March that the evidence presented did not demonstrate that AMX35 was effective, said they were persuaded this time by new evidence, combined with a question that more deeply reflected the reality of ALS in order to support approval. While the vote is non-binding, it very clearly opens the path for approval of AMX35. The FDA is expected to make a final decision by September 29th. In addition to hearing new evidence and considering a question that more deeply reflected the reality of ALS, committee members also heard from members of the ALS community, along with leading clinicians who treat people living with the disease. We talked recently about the power of regulatory advocacy in order to make ALS a livable disease, The power of that advocacy was on full display in front of the committee, with more than 20 people presenting, urging the committee to vote for approval. Let's hear first from Scott Kaufman, chair of the ALS Association's Board of Trustees. My son Stephen was diagnosed with ALS 10 years ago when he was just 27. And as a parent, I can assure you that it's the worst possible diagnosis you can hear about your child. Some of you have already heard my story. It's the same one I told the FDA in 2021 at the We Can't Wait Action Meeting, calling for quick action on AMX0035. It's the same one I told this committee in March. The only thing that's changed since then is the number of months lost waiting for access to a drug we know to be safe and effective. The new data submitted by the sponsor and the urgent need for new tools in the ALS toolkit show that there's plenty of evidence to say AMX0035 is a viable treatment for people living with ALS today. The association makes our recommendation based on important considerations of safety and clinical benefits. First, results from the phase two trial clearly show that AMX0035 is safe and effective for people living with ALS. Second, after just six months of treatment, AMX0035 significantly slowed ALS functional progression by 25% according to the rating scale used by physicians and researchers. Data also showed that the earlier you got started on AMX0035, the better the outcomes were on survival. And third, new data analyses in two separate publications have shown AMX0035 can have substantial effects on the long-term survival of those living with ALS, an increase of 10 months over those who received the placebo. And the complications associated with ALS were reduced by half. AMX0035 represents a meaningful step forward in progress. 10 months is a long time for someone living with ALS. Now, I'm going to skip the rest of my remarks and speak directly to what we've heard here today, which has been remarkable. We heard the FDA indicated support for regulatory flexibility in this case, particularly if the sponsor would agree to remove the product if the Phoenix trial is not successful. And we immediately heard the sponsor agree to remove the drug from the market in that case. This is exactly the sort of creative problem solving we need from pharma and the FDA if we're going to find treatments and cures to this horrific disease. So I want to thank both the FDA and Amalex for their flexibility, their creativity, and their commitment to finding solutions. 
I strongly urge you to recognize the great unmet need in this space and the willingness of the FDA and Amelix to be flexible. People living with ALS don't have time to spare. Please make the right decision and determine there is sufficient evidence about the safety and efficacy of AMX0035 to make it a treatment option for people living with ALS today. Thank you. Some of the most compelling and moving testimony came from people living with ALS. Lance Burkhart, who was diagnosed with ALS in 2017, talked about his experience participating in clinical trials for AMX35. At the time of my diagnosis in 2017, I was experiencing extreme weakness in my arms as well as my hand grip strength. Stressing was extremely difficult. I needed assistance to pull up my pants. Zipping them required help or assistive tools. I could not get my arms up high enough to put a t-shirt on by myself. Walking had become extremely difficult. I had required a wheelchair to get to my appointments throughout the Mayo Clinic. I was fitted at that time for a brace to help address my foot drop. I had to stop working at my store as I no longer had the strength or stamina to stock shelves or help customers. Upon my return home, I was put on prescriptions of Riluzol and Radicava. I was asked by my neurologist at Oregon Health and Science University if I'd be interested in participating in a clinical trial for AMX0035, which I began in March of 2018. My first strength test found my grip strength in my hands to be 18 pounds and leg strength extremely low. I began to notice a change in strength and mobility by June of 2018. My wife and I began to travel again, and I no longer needed a wheelchair to get around airports, although I was still using the brace. By the end of the year, in 2018, I was again able to work. This drug has greatly improved my quality of life and that of my wife, children, and grandchildren. I walked many miles during Europe, China, and Tibet two years ago. I would never have thought this to be possible. My health and strength seem to have stabilized. At my last ALS clinic, my neurologist stated there has been no change in my condition for the last three years. AMX0035 for me has been a life-changing drug. And I asked you for the treatment of ALS so that others affected with this disease can benefit from it. Thank you. Gregory Cantor, who was diagnosed with ALS in 2018, also discussed his experience participating in clinical trials for AMX35. Back in 2014, many of us participated in the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Probably many of you listening to this meeting participated. I certainly did with my family. At the time, it was a game to me because it didn't affect me. I didn't have ALS. I didn't know anybody who had ALS. Therefore, it didn't make sense to me. At the time, I didn't understand the impact ALS plays on a single person nor their family. Four years later, it all hit home when I was diagnosed. I'm going to get straight to the point. I want the FDA to approve Amelix. I'm not saying you should approve it because I think or I hope it works. I'm asking you to approve it because I know it works. It is extending my life, and I want that for others. In January 2019, I entered the Amlex trial. 
It was a six-month trial that ended June 2019. I entered the trial with a 60% SVC, or respiratory capacity. At the end of the six-month placebo-controlled phase, I had dropped all the way down to 44%. While I do not know for certain, I believe I was on the placebo arm. I say that because of what happened next. In July 2019, I entered the open-label extension, and here I am. Three years and two months later, I'm still alive, living independently, and my disease progression has significantly decreased. Some examples include, I'm not terribly short of breath. My oxygen level is good, roughly 95 to 96%. I'm not close to that 25 to 30% range of going into respiratory failure. And the rate of my functional decline before Amelix has slowed considerably since being on the drug. That's significant effectiveness. And Amylix and its ingredients, terso and sodium phenylbutyrate, have already showed themselves safe. I look at ALS like this. I'm in a house with a basement and a ground floor, separated by a flight of stairs. ALS is the basement. Amylix can start us up the stairs. They won't take us to the top alone, but each step up is important and going in the right direction. And that's what we need. Without Amelix, we're all still stuck in the basement. Thank you. Gwen Peterson, who also spoke before the advisory committee in March, talked about her experience with AMX 35's expanded access program. My name is Gwen Peterson. I testified before you in March as a person living with ALS. I shared with you that I was diagnosed as 32, no family history, no genetic mutations found. I told you that if I can get ALS, anyone can get ALS. One thing about me is different now. I decided to try Amex 0035 after the March meeting. At that meeting, I was persuaded by the extended rate of survival, slower disease progression, and the safety profile. I want to help you understand why I made my informed decision to go into the AMX EAP. I let the science lead. One, other ALS drugs have less data. Two, the safety profile is good. I know all too well what side effects are like. I know what pain is. I've had 10 lumbar punctures as part of another study for ALS. The benefit-to-risk ratio for AMX for me is far more benefit than risk. While I've been on AMX for too short of a time to measure disease progression, I've had no side effects at all, not even diarrhea, 
like some have reported. Furthermore, this is the most low-maintenance experimental therapy I've been on. We're talking about a drink, and it doesn't impact when I can have my morning coffee, eat my breakfast, unlike other oral drugs for ALS. I would love for AMX0035 to be a permanent picture in my medication regimen. And with the FDA's help, this is really important, grow the ALS cocktail to further slow down disease progression. Thank you. Steve Kowalski, who was diagnosed with ALS in 2017, called on the FDA to consider the human value that comes with providing additional time with loved ones and maintaining motor function. I am 58 years old and I was diagnosed with sporadic ALS in 2017. Since 2017, I have seen an increased funding for ALS research. Conversely, what I don't see is the same progress in ALS drug development coming to market. Simply put, our medical needs are not being met. The FDA 2019 ALS guidance continues to be tested with the submission of AMX 35, particularly in exercising regulatory flexibility. AMX 35 shows benefit with retention of function and increase in survival. It is safe and well-tolerated with minimal side effects. Based on this data and under the care of my neurologist, I decided to compound this treatment myself. I can report the same safety and tolerance results. Considering the new information submitted in the information presented back in March, the evidence of effectiveness is sufficient to support approval given the unmet need and serious of ALS. I say it is. AMX 35 met its primary endpoint in trial. Additional data provided by the sponsor shows an extension of life and it shows a slowing in the decline of function. Last time I came before you in March, I asked you to consider the human value, H value, along with the P value shown in clinical trials. Any additional time with loved ones or maintaining physical function has measurable value on the quality of life and self-independence. More time and function is valuable to every human being. We know what ALS looks like. I live every day with its devastating physical effects. Once again, I'll share my perspective on what ALS feels like. To me, ALS feels like I'm being buried alive. For some, it's slow, others very quick. Either way, it ends in the same exact way with one final breath. We cannot wait years for the Phoenix trial when people with ALS are looking at a treatment that is safe and effective today. If we wait, many who are living with ALS will no longer be with us. I want to take a moment to honor those ALS patients who passed during their participation in the center trial and those that have passed since March who advocated alongside me in this effort. Their sacrifice is heroic. I will continue to advocate for accessibility of treatments in honor of them and with every breath I have. In a, in a world increasingly defined by wins and losses, regulatory 
regulatory flexibility versus substantial evidence of effectiveness is a complex judgment analysis. If there's true flexibility in the FDA regulatory approval process, the time is now to recommend the approval of AMLX 35 as an example that it's just not possible, but in fact, an ongoing practice. Thank you for your time. And Krista Thompson talked about her experience as a caregiver for her husband, Nolan, who died earlier this year. My husband, Olin, was diagnosed with sporadic ALS in 2018 at 47 years old. He was in the Centaur trial at Mass General Hospital and then began taking AMX0035 through the company's Compassionate Extended Use Program. I am here to testify that this treatment slowed Olin's progression and gave us at least 10 more months with him. I want you to know that AMX0035 prolonged life and increases quality of life. Olin took it with no side effects for over two and a half years. While it was devastating to watch my love and the father of our three sons lose function week after week, he kept his smile, his ability to use his communications device, and the ability to enjoy our family until his death on July 18th. He was also able to stay in the extended use study. ALS kills quickly, so we must have treatments that keep people functioning so that they can participate in future clinical trials. Extending life and slowing progression means more moments with each other. When I testified in March, we were talking about getting six and a half more months. Now we are talking about getting at least 10 more months. What does 10 more months of function mean to our family? Well, it means that Olin was able to go out to dinner a week before he died and enjoy an ice cream with his sons. It means Olin never lost his sweet smile or his love for vanilla ice cream. In the past 10 months, Olin got to see our oldest finish his first year of college. Over the past 10 months, Olin enjoyed creating a fish tank for us to have after he was gone. I say good morning and good night to our fish every day. Towards the end of his life, Olin asked that we read him his favorite book. We all took turns reading to him. The night before he died, my 12-year-old sat by Olin's bedside and read aloud to his dad. Ten months ago, I don't think my then 11-year-old could have done that. If you hear nothing from me today, please hear this. Those 10 additional months mean that Olin's youngest son knows that he read to and comforted his dad in his final hours. It means we get to share the fish tank, the smiles, and an ice cream. AMX 0035 help us keep our irreplaceable Olin for at least 10 more months. We got more moments and more time to be a family of five. Please do not rob other families of those 10 months. Address the unmet need for ALS treatments and recommend AMX 0035 for full approval by the FDA. Because when you only have memories left, 10 more months of making memories means everything. Thank you so much for your service and for the opportunity to speak today. Committee members also heard from several ALS clinicians. Terry Hyman Patterson, director of the NDA ALS Center of Hope at Temple University, discussed the need for FDA to use its regulatory flexibility and not to insist on a home run before approving a drug that has been shown to be effective. I come to you today wearing two hats. First, I am a clinician who has cared for people living with ALS for more than 40 years. I remember a time when all I could do was provide symptomatic care and there were no trials. 
However, despite all the progress and many more trials, we still have only two agents, one with two formulations that have been approved and that have a modest effect on survival and the functional change. The disease remains relentless with an unchanged natural history as pointed out by Dr. Sikovich. The second hat I wear is as a clinical scientist who is actively involved in trials as well as clinical research to understand and provide better care for people with ALS. In this role, despite the excitement of all the ongoing trials and the hope for the future, I do believe we cannot have false hope or costly drugs that are not effective. However, I also know that we do not need to have a home run for a drug to be worth approving. I would like to advocate for AMX0035 as the promising therapeutic agent. The Centaur trial demonstrated decreased functional decline as measured by the validated ALS-FRSR score. Further, when examining the data from the entirety of the study, including the open label portions, there was a clear survival benefit and an increased time to the first hospitalization in tracheotomy. As has already been presented, the survival for people with ALS on the drug for both the trial and the open label extension was anywhere between 6.9 and 10.6 months longer than those on placebo first who then went on drug, and 18.8 months longer than those folks who were on placebo and chose not to go on open label. Further, the survival has been increased over historical placebo groups from other data sets. This is a promising and robust result and not a trivial amount of life when we consider that the average life is 34 to 36 months and quoted as three to five years. I hope that the FDA and advisory committee will consider this, the nature of this cruel disease and the increasing amount of evidence supporting the efficacy of AMX0035 that's been presented when they consider the drug for approval. I am confident that with wider use and real-world evidence, the effects on disease will be borne out. When I wear my clinician hat, I'll be able to give more options and promise. Thank you. William G. Woods, a pediatric oncologist, talked about the flexibility the FDA has shown in approving cancer drugs. I have been an acting pediatric oncologist for 45 years. The differences between the oncology center and the neurosciences center at the FDA is incredibly striking. Um, I show a slide, which you've never seen before, that has to do with the overall survival of childhood leukemia in patients who enrolled in MCI-sponsored clinical trials from 1968 to 2009. You can see these 10 curves, a steady improvement in overall survival. How did we do this? One trial, not two, not a confirmatory trial. One trial randomized gold standard versus the gold standard plus an additional drug or a different approach to the drugs. And often that uh, was the superior arm. And that became the gold standard for the next trial and so forth. We currently have a five-year survival of 90%. Uh, Many of you probably have children. Um, Imagine that uh, we had had to do a confirmatory trial. Um, We would be 20 to 25 points lower right now um, than we are. Um, I know you would want the best chance for cure in kids. 
We have top drawer world-class biostatisticians who are sympathetic to the human condition, which is the most complex organism on earth. How has the oncology center of the FDA done what they've done? They've understood novel drugs and not afraid of accelerated approval. And they have approved some drugs single arm with a three, three month survival. They've used intermediate endpoints. And frankly, the ALS FRS is a great intermediate endpoint. Um, a study showed that of 82 um, trials um, listed for accelerated approval in the last decade, two thirds were cancer, only one brushed on uh, a neuro uh, disease. It was muscular dystrophy. What is wrong with that picture? Um, the overall survival for the drugs that we currently have are uh, in the range of three months. The side effects of AMX0035 are temporary diarrhea. The phase three trial is ongoing. If it shows no benefit, take the drug off the market. But in the meantime, you can help save countless lives. With all due respect, the neurosciences office has been incredibly slow and behind the curve in using tools available to increase access of drugs to patients who need them. And Dr. Kelly Guathme, ALS Clinic Director at Virginia Commonwealth University, discussed the use of a cocktail approach to treating different disease mechanisms and the need for approval of each of the individual components of future drug cocktails. AMX35 has a novel mechanism of action involving amelioration of endoplasmic reticulum and mitochondrial stress, ultimately resulting in reduced neuronal cell death. This represents a new approach to the treatment of ALS. Rilazole is purported to modulate glutaminergic transmission, albeit it likely has a more complex effect, and adirabin likely reduces oxidative stress. AMX35 is distinctly positioned to target several suspected pathogenic disease mechanisms from a unique and likely synergistic angle. As we move closer to a cocktail approach to managing this disease, it is becoming increasingly clear that, we, that utilizing a single pharmaceutical with a sole drug target is insufficient and ineffective approach. As a clinician with approximately 175 ALS patients, one of the largest cohorts in my state, I find the evidence for survival benefit to be particularly compelling. AMX35 conferred a 9.7 to 11-month survival benefit in Centaur when methods accounting for crossover from placebo to AMX35 were utilized. Compared to Rilazole trial data suggesting a survival benefit of 2 to 3 months, albeit it could be as long as 6 to 19 months based on real-world data, and a Deravone for which we do not have robust survival data, AMX35 results from Centaur are extremely promising and clinically meaningful. As with any new pharmaceutical, providers must weigh the potential risk and benefits of the drug to the patient, and while also considering other therapeutic options. Considering that BCU is a site for the expanded access program with five patients currently on AMX35, I can speak to the drug's tolerability as well as ease of administration. In keeping with phase two data, some patients have had mild gastrointestinal side effects but the majority tolerate AMX35 very well. This is a small price to pay for a drug that can slow progression of disease, extend life, and lower the risk of permanent ventilation and hospitalization. AMX35 should be integrated into our current ALS treatment paradigm. Thank you very much for your time and attention. 
With more than 20 speakers, we were unable to share all the moving testimony from the September 7th public hearing in the interest of time, but we will share a link in the show notes where you can watch the entire hearing. In the coming weeks, we will share updates in the fight to make AMX35 available for treatment here and over at ALS.org. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And while you're at it, rate and review Connecting ALS wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a great way for us to build our audience. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Racecar. Post-production by Alex Brower. Production management by Gabriella Montekin. Supervised by David Hoffman. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. We'll connect with you again soon.